Welcome back to KSCJ Radio, 1360 AM, 94.9 FM in Sioux City, Iowa. I'm Brian Vikulskis, and this is Having Read That, conversations with authors about their books. My guest is Vincent Todd Tolman, and he is out with a brand new book, The Light After Death, My Journey to Heaven and Back. It is available everywhere now, and it is published by the, uh, uh, well, basically the people that uh, publish Richard Paul Evans stuff. It's his line, and so it's it's a fantastic book. And Vincent, I, I thought it was kind of funny to think about as I started reading this book, the old adage from Ernest Hemingway that every true story ends in death. This true story begins in death. So can you take us back yeah. to the day you died? Absolutely. So this happened, uh, you know, January 18th, 2003. So I, I did just have my 20th death day since this happened. But back then, um, I, I took a supplement. I aspirated from that supplement. It poisoned me. I was found dead in a, a public bathroom, and uh, medics were called. They found, you know, pronounced me dead, put me in a body bag, and a rookie medic on his first week of, the, of being on the job, he was sitting on the jump seat in the back of that ambulance, and he felt uh, a prompting or an intuition tell him that this, this one's not dead. He needed to try. So he went ahead and opened that body bag, and and took a step that could have got him fired, but he did it anyway. And he, he uh, attempted to resuscitate the body. He got the, the heart to come back after about the third round of shock. And uh, the blessing of it, the miracle of it, when all this happened, the, the ambulance was only a half block from a hospital. So they were able to immediately get that body turned into a, a trauma team to take care of it and, and do what needed to be done to get this body to come back. And meanwhile, I watched everything from above. I watched everything. And the whole time I had the choice to either come or go. And from what I was seeing, I didn't want to, to stay. I wanted to go and see what was next. I really, I really felt whatever was next was going to be better than this, this kind of hell of trauma that was going on around the body. And so I did. I, I chose to go with my guide, this gentleman who lovingly took me on my journey to heaven. And I spent three days there. I thought it was very interesting as I read the book that you keep referring to it as the body. You disconnected yourself from that body. You looked at it as nothing more than a, a shell of what it was. Is that something that you had thought of before with respect to death, that the body, it's not you, it's the body? Because we all think we see Grandpa in the coffin. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird because it, it is, um, the way I see it now is I see it like a vehicle. I see it like a car. Um, it, it, it's just an object that helps us achieve our purpose, and when we're done with it, we step away from it the same way we do our cars. And I, I kind of had that idea. I was raised evangelical Christian, so I felt that I had already embodied that a little bit, but not to the extent that I fully understood it. I didn't fully understand it until I actually watched it happen, you know, and, and watched my own, my own crossing, essentially, my own duck. When you were in the ambulance and in the bathroom at the Dairy Queen and what and in the hospital. You describe as you were watching all these events unfold and if you're thinking about it as a movie, it's really a camera on the ceiling, right? It is, yeah. So in fact I you know, in the past I've actually um worked in T V and film and so I kept thinking, Wow, this is so amazing, um, that you know, this director decided to shoot this whole movie from the scene with you know, looking down from the ceiling. That's very different, very very, you know, groundbreaking. <laughs> it, it was funny to have these, these kind of thoughts of worldly things as I was making my transition. 
you said you were dead for about an hour, right? Yeah, so I was dead dead for about a, at least an hour. They they anticipate at least an hour, maybe an hour and a half or two hours. So I was dead for about forty five minutes to an hour before they found me, and then I was in the body bag for forty five minutes before they resuscitated me. Do you have any memory of anything that happened from the first-person perspective that we would know as the human perspective, or is the events of being in the body bag, of being in the hospital, is there a point at which it switches from the the third-person view to essentially the first-person view? So I went instantly um, from first-person view of being in the bathroom, because I remember walking in that bathroom, I felt very dizzy right before I passed out. And, um, and the next thing I know, I'm actually looking down at a dead body. So I didn't actually see the body, the body itself suffocate, or, but I didn't, I didn't experience it myself either. So, um, it, you know, I did see a dead body on the ground, and the weird thing is I didn't know it was me because me was up here on, on the ceiling looking down at this scene, and I felt it was very entertaining. I felt it was almost like a movie. So... Um, I, I, I was in this illusion that it was a movie I was watching, and, and the body didn't look like me. It looked very different than me. The, the neck had gotten quite swollen. The skin was very purple and yellow. And when I say purple and yellow, I mean like bright purple and bright yellow. Like it was very different than what human skin looks like. So it didn't look like me at all. I didn't think it was me. But yet, uh, it come to find out later, I did find out it was me as they resuscitated the body. I found out it was me for sure. And now the part that none of us can relate to, uh, I doubt, or that I, I kind of think, is that the part you experienced as you spent your three days in heaven. Uh, first of all, how'd you know it was heaven? Uh, well, I was, I was asked by my guide. He asked me, well, where would you like to go? You could go back to your body or you could go wherever you want to go. And, and I asked him, I said, well, I want to go wherever you just came from. <laughs> and, and he said, well, I, I came from heaven. I can take you there. And so I said, okay, let's, let's go. I'm, I'm ready. And, you know, again, being raised Christian, I thought, well, I, I have nothing to do uh, to get in. I'll just go in. You know, I've, I did all the saving things, and, and I've, I've, I've uh, accepted Christ as my Savior, and, and, and I accept the grace of God. Let me into heaven. But it wasn't that easy. It wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. I still had a, a bit of learning that I had to do in a, a beautiful way, a very con- contemplative way. I had some things I had to learn before I could get in. The book describes your journey with your guide, who's named Drake, and something else I found interesting, and if you could expand on it, is the idea of how you gained knowledge, because it wasn't a conversation like we're having. It was much different, right? Yeah, so different. It's it's very much the way that kind of how computers uh, communicate here, how they just send packets of information or downloads back and forth, that's, a, that's essentially what you, you find yourself um, experiencing is just these packets going back and forth between each other, but you're not using your mouth. Uh, you know, we use our mouth only for here because we're inside these physical bodies and we're not connected to the to source or connected to creator. And it's almost like being on this spiritual network, like a spiritual uh, worldwide web that all spirits, all beings are plugged into that the instant you have a thought, it's broadcast to whoever you want it to go to, and then the instant that the response comes, it's inside you. You hear it. You feel it. Um, and it's instantaneous. It's faster than what our, our mouth can allow. You can have um, huge conversations, conversations that would take hours to have 
in the, the physical realm, they take instant. It's just an, an instant, just just like that. In a, in a flicker of a, um, a candle, you've, you've got a, a whole universe of information downloaded into you to answer questions. So it's really a, a, an awesome way to be. I wish we had it that way, but you know what? The Internet is essentially uh, mimicking what that is, and and that, you know, the Internet is a copy of the real network, uh, the love network. That that love network is is God's network, the Creator's network, that all of us can plug into for, for divinity, for inspiration, for understanding, and for connection and intuition. I'm chatting with Vincent Todd Tolman about his new book, The Light After Death, My Journey to Heaven and Back. It is available everywhere. A lot of the things, a lot of the knowledge that you describe in here that you picked up through your three-day journey through heaven. The one that stuck out with me, it's sort of paramount to everything, is about being an authentic person and how fundamental it is. And I had in my mind the Billy Joel song, The Stranger, about the different faces that everybody wears here on earth. Can you explain how that authenticity plays into everything else that you learn there? Well, what, what's really weird is until we can be authentic, we can't love ourselves and we can't love others. Uh, so we really have to understand who we are authentically inside of us before we can really start to grow. Um, you know, because here's the problem, is we, we have to be our authentic self, otherwise we'll start growing in the, the, the personality or the facet that we identify with the most. And then later in life, we change our personality because our job changes, our, our life changes, our home changes, our environment changes. So what happens, we keep abandoning these different personas of who we are. In, in the midst of that, there is a core. There is an authentic self in the middle of all that. And that's what we need to peel down to. That's who we need to become um, everywhere we go. And it's funny, the most authentic people in this world you'll find are the very young and the very old. And the reason why is because they don't need to impress anybody. They're here in their authentic reality of, of just living, living life, it, whether in joy or pain, doesn't matter. They're authentically living their life, and that's how we need to be. If we can be that, if we can embody authenticity, we can allow ourselves to feel real love, and we can allow ourselves to be loved and love others. It's an amazing thing, but authenticity is paramount, though. As you were able to glean this knowledge through your three days, did you, I've always pictured, if, if I was to try to picture heaven, I thought it would be ultimate knowledge of everything, but is it mostly the knowledge you gain about things you want to learn about, or were, was your guide just giving you the information whether you asked for it or not? So here's what's really neat, is you're given packets of information um, as you ask for them. So if you don't ask, you don't receive. And that principle applies here as well. So if you don't ask for help, uh, whether it's in the world, worldly way or in the spiritual way, how do we ask for help? Through prayer and through asking, through meditation. You know, if we don't ask for help, we don't receive it. So the most important thing is we need to ask. And then once we ask, the help is going to show up. Um, and we need to not turn it away, even if it shows up in a way that it's not necessarily the way that we, at, we expect it to come. And that's how it worked with my guy, Drake, is I would ask something, and instantaneously he'd send back a, an understanding, and he would kind of watch me. And if I was able to fully absorb and understand this understanding, we could continue our journey. But if, I, if, if this new understanding was kind of obtruse inside of me, 
and I wasn't fully comprehending it, I wasn't fully embracing it, he would pause for a little bit, he would stop for a little bit, and he would, he would say, well, you know, um, let's, let's look this over a little bit. Let me show you some examples of how this is, is uh, impacting you. And, and he would explain it further so I could absorb it, so I could accept it. And um, that's kind of how things work there. Um, you know, not everything synchronizes with all of us. We all have our own individual truth, our own individual path into God's kingdom. And uh, it's important for us to find our own path and find our own truth and follow those truths uh, to, our, to our own path, yeah. You seem to dispel a myth, I think, about the pearly gates. I think of the pearly gates. I, really, the only time I see them is in editorial cartoons the day after a celebrity dies and, and the inevitable cartoons come out. Pearly gates are not gates, right? Correct, yeah. So these, these gated pearls or pearly gates, they're these, it, it's a filtering system that we can take our, ourselves from this earth and we can kind of cleanse ourselves of the impurities of this life and once we allow ourselves to let go of all those impurities, then we can go ahead and enter cleanly into heaven. And it is an energetic thing. It's not a, a restriction trying to keep you out. And in fact, if you, if you go into one of these pearls or one of these pearls on the gate, then you're only in there as long as you decide to be in there. It has nothing to do with uh, like this judgment-type energy. It's 100%. We're our own judges, and there's a, a, quite a bit of grace thrown in there as well that, that helps us overcome a lot that we wouldn't allow ourselves to overcome. So it's a beautiful thing, though. It's, it's built 100% out of love for us to better our lives and to better our existence eternally, not just here, but eternally. And, and even those pearly gates are beautiful, just amazing how they work and function. It's an amazing story, and we've only scratched the surface of it. The book is The Light After Death, My Journey to Heaven and Back by Vincent Todd Tolman, also co-written with Lynn Taylor. The book's available everywhere. Vincent, an amazing story, and I thank you for joining us to share it. Yeah, thank you so much, Brian, and I appreciate your comments today. This has been Having Read That on KSCJ Radio. I'm Brian Vakalskis. Check out all of our episodes on our website, kscj.com, and subscribe to our iTunes podcasts. Thanks to music historian Molly Jolly and segment producer John Weasler. We will be back next time. Going up to the